Well, good morning, community. Good morning, my brothers and survivors around the world. Welcome to, to Shooting the Breeze with Aaron Show. It's normally Shooting the Breeze with Deb and Aaron, but Deb has some family coming up, so we can't get the, I am, What's great is our stroke survivor, Sister Melissa Troop, has volunteered to be with me today. And remember, during the show, if you want to come on camera, message me at Facebook and put your camera. But let's get to it. Hey, Melissa Troop. Hey, good Aaron. Now, I'm going to let you know Obama, correct? Yep. I got it right. I can't believe it. He did. The Repetition. Stroke fiber can be topped. Mm-hmm. You know, it's really you and I have such great conversations before the show and how good people come in, right? And we have, we have a few people out there. And, and again, please understand this show is totally impromptu. We're not scripted. Melissa True was just out of her kindness of art to be uh, with us this morning. So I want to encourage you, if you're out there, we're open to talk about anything. Melissa not true, but I were to talk about attitude and how how in our, our stroke survival, There's, we have two choices. We either be close to roll up the ball and die or choose to be, to live life again. And the battle we face is really in our mind, right, Melissa? Don't you Absolutely. And it, it's just, I mean, I battled the, I battle my mind more than being a wizard, more than anything else. It's attitude. It is. It's our attitude. How do you keep yourself positive during this time of your life? Uh, most of mine is the, the way I think and, and the things I tell myself when I do not succeed to something to the level of expectation I have. It doesn't make me a failure or stupid or any of those things I turn it around and say I am proud of myself because because that pride find something to be proud of there's always something yeah that's kind of like I have I have a little celebration and celebrate those small accomplishments you know um I I normally when I do my cardio, how to get my left hand ace bandage on the handle of the bike. Well, about two weeks ago, I started holding it without ace bandage, and it's a little complicated. It falls off down there, but it's a little accomplishment that felt feels pretty great. That's a not a little accomplishment. That's huge. You don't think, you? Nothing is little. Everything is huge. I mean, and when I first started watching Stroke TV and back, I don't even remember what it was called then, but you were not even getting out of that wheelchair. 
Now you're walking, you're on an exercise bike. They may no, seem no. like small things, but that is huge. You know, it takes you, I forgot about that. I used to be on the more 24-7 in my wheelchair. I could be, I could, I could, when I first had a stroke, I couldn't hold my, I couldn't hold my head up. I was online live the first time you stood up out of that chair. Really? And I was laying in bed feeling sorry for myself, and I went, what the heck am I doing? What time am I wasting? Do something, girlfriend. Do something. Yeah, you don't get it's so easy to curl up and not do anything. Really, and it's, it's excused so by the outside world. There's no positive reinforcement. What if you just did this today? Maybe you'll be able to do that tomorrow. There, there's none of that, that camaraderie that we need. Now, you could hear me, Melissa. Uh, Facebook user, I don't know, says I can't hear you. But I'm assuming they, they, they have to turn that volume up. You can hear me. I can hear you fine, yes. Yeah, so I don't know. I don't know. They just said they can hear us. I don't know. Oh. But that, I don't, that's not, I don't think it's possible. I'm showing the L mics working. <laughs> I don't know. But again, you know, part of this, uh, oh, 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 that was me. I was thinking, I was thinking <laughs> here. But, you know, so many times we believe that our life, we're building a life of stroke. Because you know, I don't believe in recovering from stroke. But, if you rebuild your life after stroke, it's a process, and it starts with the mind. You remember talking about the starts with, with the decision, like you were just saying earlier. It starts with the decision. What can I do? What can I do? Disease in your mind causes disease here. So all of that that you're thinking, and all of that that you're aware of all that self-talk, it causes problems physically. Yeah. And I mean, mindset is the foundation of all of it. It's everything. Our grade is everything. And, I mean, and we get, only we get to choose that mindset. No doctor that said, you may never walk, talk, this, that, that. They don't get to decide that. They can say it, speculate project what they perceive from other people onto you based on their past experience. But that doesn't say anything about you. There was somebody that you bring a point and read like that. The doctor can't prescribe your good at your improved attitude. It's up to you. Mm -hmm. And if they, there's no appeal for it. It's a decision you make, the survivor makes, that I'm going to have a better attitude. What I've been trying to do, and I'm a big fellow of Steve Harvey, but he says gratitude. Gratitude, be grateful. And he says when you first open your eyes up in the morning, be grateful. So I've been waking up, trying to wake up and just to rattle off all the reasons I'm grateful to be alive. 
And I'm trying to set the tone for my day that way. And it helps to set the tone for that day that way if you go to bed the night before in that same tone. Because that's where your unconscious mind is healing. And that's what it's thinking about as you're sleeping. Your unconscious mind is thinking about all the things you're grateful for. So when you wake up in the morning, it becomes automatic. It's just a flow. Energy flows where your attention goes. So what you pay attention to is what's getting your energy. That goes right along with the saying I got from Dwayne Dwyer. He says, change the way you look at things, and the things you look at will change. Mm -hmm. Our minds are so powerful that if we can change the way we look at stroke, our stroke will change. And so many times people are looking for their hand to move or their arm to move or looking for reasons they can't. What they're doing is they're, they're, based, they're putting, the, unless their hand moves, they won't feel good about themselves. But if you put your attempt, change the way you look at stroke. Change you your thoughts, change your life. That's it. I mean, some days, and this is going to sound very absurd, but I have to remind myself that I survived that stuff because I've moved so far, not away from it. It's obviously part of me, but I have to remind myself on a day where it's seven o'clock at night and I'm just so tired, but it's Thursday and I've worked my buns off all week doing all the things. And I'm like, you're a stroke survivor, girlfriend. It's okay that you're just tired. Just let yourself be just tired. That's why I slept for nine hours last night. I was tired. God, I slept for nine hours. <laughs> <laughs> I have slept more than probably six hours in 11 years, honestly. Did you I, sleep well prior to your stroke? I've always been a six-hour nice sleeper. I, I was about three hours. What? I was about a three-hour-a-night sleeper. Even after everybody, that is amazing. I never anybody like that. But if it works for you, great. Everybody is different. I think it played part in why I ruptured. I wasn't taking care of myself. I didn't know how to take care of myself. Didn't know that I wasn't. Didn't know that it wasn't normal to be up cleaning house at 3 a.m. Just because I'm awake and have the energy. And I could still live like that but i make myself i have to hone myself down it all doesn't have to happen today there's tomorrow next week next month you know it, it i really have to keep myself accountable for how much did you do today well sleep is so critical and you know i think personally i think if i can find you and i'm talking in the agreement and you made the point that stirred thoughts of me and said it took me a long time to figure out what worked for me as far as sleep goes. I need to really focus on that and get my sleep going because it it is probably the biggest hindrance of what I'm doing it is my sleeping disorder. And I think that part of that is that not that you're not facing it because you are, but I mean, if we change the language around that to I am sleeping well at night and, and change it in such a way that you're telling you that your self-talk is I can't sleep at night. I wish I could get more sleep at night. 
if your self-talk was different, and I'm not sure exactly what that would be, but if that talk was different, it would definitely aid into that. You know, it's so, it's so great you bring that because I had a spiritual mentor named Roman Talk. Oh, that's his book up there. And, um, you know, he talked about, he's kind of frustrated with me because I said, I said, I can't sleep that night. Well, I guess, why do you, why do you keep saying that? You're never going to see well and then you keep saying that. So, how do you, how, how do you train your brain to tell yourself, yeah, see, I'm, if I'm not sleeping great tonight, how do I tell myself I am sleeping great tonight? And just get confused about that. It's always hard to find the right words for self, but for me, it was, I know and this is where it just started. It's gotten better now that I sleep well. I to, That's my self-talk. Because you know you're going to go to sleep around 9.30. Because that's what you do. But it started with just the self-talk of, well, and asking myself, why can't I? What am I choosing? Why, why am I choosing to say that I can't? And what am I doing to turn can't to can? So do you believe you can turn can't to can I think you definitely can turn can't to can all you got to do is kick out the tea right I think that's pretty awesome hey God uh we have a brother that is gonna come on and join us you know Richard Cooks I don't well you're about to meet him he's, he's all right you'll see I forgot I'm about to be on I actually forgot because and myself being on tonight after this morning, I forgot that I forgot my bad that time last night. But <laughs> let's just say, well, memories are one of my greatest things. But you know, I we see there I know that I'm gonna start doing what you say and and start doing things and spend a lot of lavender, light candles, staying by diet, eating something. That, that's good for me, that encourages sleep. If I remember, I think bananas do. I think about the potassium bananas. I have a tendency to overboard on potassium, so I don't partake in bananas, but I love them. They're one of my favorites. Yeah. Yeah, don't believe it. I start my day out on Tuesdays and Thursdays. I start my day out with a green shake. I make green shake. I add bananas. I add a cup of blueberries, and then the green powder for making green shakes. And it um, is forty organic fruits and vegetables and powder form, including mushrooms. And so I drink that every morning on Tuesday. I should say, and every morning on Tuesday and Thursdays and Saturday and Sunday. And you continue to do that because you believe that it helps you. That's right. Sleep is the same way. You've got to find what it is you believe in. I believe this is going to help me. And for me, it's a whole hygiene process of warm tea. I think I said before, you know, a light snack, all the things. But at 8, 15, 9 o'clock, I tell my family, okay, I, I'm done for the day. I, I'm going to do my daily detox. If I need to mood journal that night, 
like say I had some anxiety or something that day, I write it down and let it go. Well, well was that just you just touched on pretty big things there, very quick, because you're in your routine. But you said you have what they call a mood mood journal. What is that? Explain what is that? So I have a mood journal, and I also have a happiness box. And what I do just about my daily life is pick up. If I go to lunch somewhere and they have a cute napkin, I'll throw it in the box. If I go somewhere and they have some silly stickers, I'll grab a couple and throw them in the box. Then if I have a day where it's like, I just need to let go of this, I bring my happiness box and my mood journal. I talk about my mood and then I remind myself of all the grateful things I had that are all in this happiness box. And then I scrapbook with it right into the journal, tape it right in, glue it right in, stick it, whatever I need to do. And then, and then I write down what that anxiety was about. And then I flip the page and there's my journal, my scrapbook page, my reminder that while this was unfavorable, you didn't let it take over. And this is how we, this is how I cope with my trigger. Wow, it's just that really is powerful. That's powerful. Because so many times, a lot of my issues with CP is my mind, my mind will not slow down. So kind of think about those things, anxiety or concerns or whatever it is. And I think that's what I need to try. Well, uh, this isn't paramount for stroke survivors as just this is paramount for everyone. I mean, don't tell me that there's a single person in the United States that doesn't have anxiety over something that isn't interfering with the way they're eating, sleeping, all the things, their exercise routine. Everybody's got something. Yeah, so I think so many times uh, stroke makes us feel so different. So that we aren't like other people. But now the reality, we all struggle. We all we are survivors, whether you're a survivor of life, whether you're a survivor of stroke, whether you're a survivor of heart attack, we all, life is not easy. So many times, you know, we go into this and think it's easy. It's not easy. It's not all you're going to rainbows. It's, it does get hard. Where my don't wait for life to be easy to be happy because that's never going to happen. True. I was, I was, I was hearing something that says your happiness cannot be, cannot be determined by outward circumstances. Nope. Meaning your whole life would be falling apart around you. Happiness, true happiness, stability. Happiness, stable um, happiness is found inside you. And once you find it inside you, nobody can take it away. No circumstance can take it away. And the neurology to that is so that if you do focus on that anxiety, say whatever it is in your brain, your brain is always sending signals to the rest of your body. So think about that anxiety might be causing kidney distress or whatever it's affecting you somewhere else. It has to be because the cells in the brain feed the body, go right back to the brain. So that's a really good point. Huh? That the way we feel 
we need to depend on how we're thinking, really. Well, I mean, and you can visibly tell if you find someone who's like really depressed, they're always kind of shoulders down, mopey, kind of look up at you a little bit, maybe sit down to visit and fall asleep. You know, all those things, it's visible. So it's like, it's affecting you physically. Whatever's going on here, I can see it on the outside. And oftentimes you can't see it, but sometimes it's very, very visible. You know, and that's so true. I think we as a community of Sturgis Brothers put so much emphasis on, you know, doing better and feeling better and recovery and all that. But now in reality, it's the mindset. It's a mind. You said that earlier, and I'm going to repeat it maybe in a lot of different way. It's where your focus goes, your energy flows. So if we focus how bad we have it, how terrible we have it, that is the energy that we about in our body, outwardly, you know, all damn things. We, our mind is much more powerful than we think. It, it, it's everything. I mean, if you say get a splinter and all of your cells go to where that splinter's at, the next thing you know, it's all festered. It's red, it's inflamed. That's what your cells are doing with your anxiety throughout your body. It's doing the same kind of thing. You just can't see it. Boy, true this. You know, another thing we touched on this morning is not just the mind, but how, um, well, actually, you know, for me, it's been, I don't know, big, the big push that Stroke TV has changed. And I brought to the table, I think, within the Stroke community, and I firmly believe it. That that stroke is really a battle of the minds. The the real key stroke is your attitude. It's a way you see it in your mind. And that's true for everything. Divorce, you know, death of a child, loved one, mother, you know, all of those things. It's all about your attitude and how you perceive it. And, and then that gets projected out onto the outside world as your representation of yourself. Right. That's a doing diet quote that just had we change the way you look at things and then look at the change. People do not realize they have the power to change their reality, to change what's around them by the way they're thinking. They don't realize that. They're thinking because they're stroke, that's who they are. It's not who they are. It's no, it's what happened to you. Right. Right. And how you process that is who you are, not what happened to you. Because bad things happen to good people all the time. And I'm not saying stroke's bad because for me, it was very good. Right. My brain has healed in such a way that I really feel like now I'm probably more healthy than I was before the stroke. And it changed my life in such a way that 
I don't stress out about the little stuff anymore. Why? Well, because that could hurt my brain. And I don't want to hurt my brain. I've been there. You know, that's probably it. For what it is, when I got that, this guy's have dribble, get on. He says, won't let me pawn. Won't let me log into the show. I don't know. So, but I'll be just stashed real quick. See if he's a phone or a computer. But you know, bliss is so neat. I have seen so many depressed stir survivors, and it really isn't. They allow us to become their identity. And they don't realize strokers would happen to me just said that. Stroke what happened to them. It doesn't define who they are. How we respond, how we react to what stroke has done really is what is what determines what we're gonna be like. And to add to that, like you have the choice every day to get up and be a different you than you were before. And that's all on you. I try to do that every day. I, I, I mean, it'd be like better where I want to be, but I'm better than I was yesterday. And that's really all we can do is just be uh, better. Try to be better. But you want to be healthy. I mean, you do have a lot of things that you want. You may not be where you think you want to be, but you're improving on that every day. So you're right where you're supposed to be. That's true. There are no mistakes. We are not on our timeline. We are on his timeline. <laughs> right. That's so true. I mean, you know, for me, as you know, I, you may have known my story, but, um, for me, this journey up and on Kyle Stark has really been a spiritual journey for me because I can remember, I had a brain aneurysm, which I don't remember, I, and then I had a stroke two weeks later while I had a coma. And I would say bigger than brain aneurysm, bigger than being a witcher, bigger than speech if it was a near-death experience I had. That really it changes you. What? I also had a near-death experience, and it Did you really? everything. I, to this day, what, 11 years later, I can remember every detail as I was yesterday. I <laughs> kind of have that moment, too, and now that I've been doing all of this neurological work and stuff, I've been able to find the time at which I believe exactly when my near-death experience happened was when the aneurysm ruptured when they were in there doing the surgery. I think that's at the exact moment that I short-circuited in between, you know, when your heart stops, the beeping stops. When your brain stops, the beep, you know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, they have, they can define when the heart stops, but they're not keeping track of your brain to figure out when or if it zaps out. Well, and would you do me a favor? Tell me a little bit about your near-death experience. 
Okay, I went into brain surgery and they told me all these, you have 4% chance survival, all these things, you may never walk, talk. So I went into brain surgery thinking, girl, this is going to be a fight. Are you up for this challenge? And I didn't really know when they took me back for surgery, if I was even up for the healing process. But the next thing I knew, I was surrounded by like, just like a white fog. I don't know if it was right after they put me to sleep or, or what point it happened. But in this fog, I see my mother who passed away five years prior, standing in the corner, shaking her head at me and waving her finger like, uh-uh, girl, uh-uh. We are not doing this. Not today. Really? And I went and I had to say, then say goodbye to her and say, okay, I'm not ready to come chill with you yet. I must stay here and, and do what needs to be done here. Thank God. You know, I, people ask me sometimes, I'm sure you respond the same way. The stroke devastating is this. Life altering is life devastating is. Would I ever trade it for one year to the experience? No. My stroke has been the best thing that happened to me. Maybe not. But it's been the tool of God, honestly. Having your stroke guided you to this purpose, your purpose. Whatever your deficits are, you look them in the face every day. And you say, okay, stroke, nice try. But I'm still here. Well, look, it's brought me right here with you right now. This very second, this very ripple in time. It wasn't a mistake. This is the queen thing that you and I are together right now. It is intentional. And I think so many times people think life is like random. It's not random. We're all in the process. I don't care if you don't believe in God, you're in the process. <laughs> I believe in, in God. What? Oh, I definitely believe in God or I wouldn't be here. Yeah. Something created all this, right? Well, I mean, it, there are no mistakes. No. Yeah, I mean, you saw it. I know it sounds really try, try, but you and I are here right now because we survived. Yeah, and I went through, and I don't know if you would, I've gone through this whole guilty stage where I've got all this healing. Like, I don't have hardly any deficits. Like, why me? Why, why did, why, at first it was, why me? Why did this happen to me? Then it became, why me? Why, why did you choose me for this purpose? The why is not for me to answer. It's not for me to understand. It's just to get up, show up, and do the best I can every day to help other people. Get that up, I love it. Get that up, shows up, Barbara. Those <laughs> days when you don't feel like showing up, get up, show up anyway. Don't let stroke lie to your life. Is not, I mean, I'm, it's you know, the three ups. Get up, show up, and never give up. You know, that was a word. Moonwalk, I was getting touched on because global business celebrity Jeffrey is not telling me the word. It's called relentless. Mm -hmm. Relentless. When it comes to stroke, don't cower, 
Don't be weak. Be relentless. Something comes against you. But listen, you know how long I've been in worship. You know how long I've been trying to walk. But that word relentless, even though I've been told by several people, I'll never walk again. I don't believe it. I believe if I'm relentless, I don't stop. No matter the opposition, I be relentless. I will walk, and I don't give a rat's ass. Sorry, it's I, don't okay. give, I don't give a hoot if it takes another year. I'm not stopping. I'm going to be relentless. And we have to be. I mean, statistically, <laughs> in the stroke and aneurysm survivor community statistics are against us from the beginning. Like you only have X amount of time to get to the hospital, this, that, and the other. I get all that. I do. But what comes after that, when you do survive, since the pool of us isn't huge, it's like, we don't know how to do it. We don't have the tools to, to make it all happen. We just go. I mean, they released me 12 days after brain surgery. And my discharge paperwork says, and it's highlighted, resume normal activities as tolerated. Are you kidding me? <laughs> All right, that's fine. Normal activities is laying in the bed drooling on myself. Sounds great, because that's what I was doing. Uh, yeah, you do. That's something that we, that we as True TV, and it sounds like you're part of going to be more and more active mm -hmm. in that movement. But we, we now have a name. I'm in my search name. His name is Skullman. And he's, he's a church lover, but he's running for U.S. And, and he is Coleman Watson. And he's getting me, uh, uh, he had a stroke. As a facia, and it's going to be running for U.S. Senate with the main purpose of getting us that cap, really big attention to us and be more financials about just the church survivor community. He's really going to, Stroke TV is going to be supporting his campaign. Again, his name is Coleman Watson, and he's going to be running for U.S. Senate. And That's so awesome. he can be in the center of search of Barbers. And he has aphasia. And he's relentless. And he's, there you go. <laughs> he's relentless. So here's a shout that come and watch him. We're here for you. Come and watch him. And we're, we need our community at Unirega by bringing up a really good point, Melissa. The, the medical community, there's a gap. It's almost like they drop you at the front door of your house and then laugh and run off because it's a confusing way to leave you alone. You have therapy four times a day. You get home, they drop you up at the curb and then laugh. I never had therapy at all. What? I never had therapy because I got up and walked two or three days after I woke up. So they determined I didn't need it. I had therapy months, months later for back pain and some other things, but never, never therapy to work on my cognition. I had to do all of that myself. And this is why we need someone like Gunman Watson, who is, is willing to go into the government 
into the political section and raise their awareness. That is huge. That is so huge because it's so, there are so many people here like you. You fared very well because you were the type of person that realized, okay, you're not going to give me the way I'm going to do it myself. I'm going to rehabilitate myself. And there's such a gap between if we can get the, if Stroke TV can get enough bonds together, when we get the bonds going, we want to be able to pay for people about therapy, not be able to help them out. And, and having teams in places at all the head trauma centers across the United States is a start. You know, we're thinking what Jeff and I are thinking they're doing is doing a video that we can offer every trauma center, every stroke hospital that would do one video for the stroke survivor and do one video for the family. What to expect? What can you expect? Family and friends, that way, say, the friend comes to visit, but they don't know how to speak to the survivor. They watch this video. This is the kind of language we want you to use in this as Because if you really think about it, I mean, I don't know if you've ever been in a maternity ward, but during delivery, they keep those places silent and calm and relaxed. And, and that stuff's not even working on their brain. It's just so that the woman's body can process everything that's going on. So then why in ICU is it beeping and hustling and bustling, whether it's heart attack, brain injury, whatever, this person's in intensive care. Intensive care should mean something. Intensive. Right. Not let's run around like crazy and keep these people up so they don't get any sleep and they don't get any better and we wonder why. You know, that is such a great point because if there's one thing, you have the brain injuries, and that's true, I was extremely light sensitive. So I wake up, prevent my brain aneurysm, explode in my brain, and my stroke. And all the lights above me are on, the room is to lit up, there's no, like you just said, there's noise everywhere, and totally just tormenting me. I finally had to ask the doctor's nurse to keep the light off. I don't want to stare at it. It's hurting me. But they, they, they don't know. They, they, just so frustrating. Like you just said, all the noise, the beeping, the lights, it all adds up. And it's scary and confusing. And I feel like if there was a process in place where someone, you know, could just listen, even if you put headphones on this person as they're waking up, just saying, you know, I know you're confused. You know, this has happened to me. I and mean, it's that rapport that you build with someone who is like you. And it's all about us teaching the professionals that are going to be handling this how to do it. Because they don't know. A nurse in a brain trauma unit, unless she's had an aneurysm, she doesn't know. And that's okay. It's not her fault. They just don't know. They know the science. They, they don't know the soul. But we do. How do we get, how do we get 
that help at place? How do we make that difference? As true TV, how do we meet that, fill that gap? I, I'm not sure yet when we have so many obstacles. They don't really want us to get better because the medication that they throw at us makes so much money that if they lose that revenue, what's going to happen if people actually can start healing themselves and getting better without this stuff, then we don't need them. Then what? They don't want us to get this smart. They don't want us to figure it out. They want to keep us in these little boxes. All right. So you, me, and and Deborah will sit, will sit down and maybe we can them all and sit down, figure out what the what is part of the need. I think I think the inability of the medical community, like you just said, they look at it from a textbook, not the soul. They don't look at this strokes of barber laying in the bed being the way of strokes of barber goes. They look what they have read. And there's no emotions, there's no feeling, there's no love there. We need soul over science. Because if you really think about it, what you're talking about is the, the, the battle right here. So why would we attack this before we attack this? If we, you know. So true, Concha, so true. So I think what we can do is stroke TV. We can actually make a video of other stroke survivors. We need to educate, I hate to say it, but we also need to educate the doctors of medical community how to help a stroke survivor from the stroke survivor's point of view, not the textbook point of view. And the thing is, is they're, they don't know they're doing it wrong. It's not their fault. They don't know what they don't know until they know it. And the only way they're going to know it is if we make our voices loud and proud and be known. The squeaky wheel gets the grease, right? Well, so we, which bears do we have to start poking? <laughs> that is such a great point. So if anybody wants to get involved in this part, this thing we're going to be doing, this push, message me, let me know you want to be involved and make a difference out there in the medical community. Start with one hospital at a time. And but maybe we'll create a video, we'll create something together of helping them realize what it's like to be that person laying in the bed that just suffered a stroke because they do not know that. And for each one of us, it's different. So it's going to take a team of us to come up with the proper protocol because it was different for you than it was for me, than it was for Deborah and so on and so forth. So it takes a team of us. It takes a village, right? I love it. I'm excited about that. And like that, with someone like Coleman Watson and you are sending we really have an opportunity to make a difference. Really do. Made a major difference. Maybe we can find somebody to run for president someday. <laughs> well, <laughs> that, yeah. <laughs> yeah. That would be funny. But, hey, there is a wall. There is nothing we can't do. 
Uh, you know, the biggest thing, and we're getting down to the end of the show, but, but some of the biggest thing, I want to encourage each and every survivor out there, you look at Melissa, you look at me, you look at Debbie, you look at the circuit parts that are making the difference. We're the same strict survivor as you. Don't think that we're any different. The only difference is if you want to be like us, just choose to be. It comes under a decision you make. Remember, Stroh doesn't identify you as a person, but how you respond does. And what we see, what I see out there in the community, a lot of the time, the lesson is that Stroh identifies a person. Not, they don't realize they could choose to be different. You create your own identity every day. And I was just going to throw this out there. If there's anybody that's got the self-talk, I can't, and just wants to say, hey, how, can you reframe this for me? Send me any, send me a text on Facebook or email or whatever. I'll, I'll be glad to help you reframe. Did you just hear the okay, religious lesson community, community. We did uh, Melissa, you send me email, just search her job, Melissa Droop on Facebook. She's willing to help. If you got if you're struggling with attitude issues, let her know. How what I how many met a little abbreviation? Do you have to do you have to name name my mom? So many I can't get them. I'm a master mindset coach, a master life coach, NLP coach and practitioner, timeline therapist, hypnotherapist. I'm also certified in essential oils, um, in nutrition and hydration. And right now I'm training for EPT and TFT. <laughs> I just want to encourage you, if this is willing to put yourself out there and give yourself an opportunity to talk to someone. In fact, you could talk to me, me or message me or message Deborah. We're going to form a committee of people, a team of people that hopefully will be a happy stroke survivor and help you through this harder time you stroke. But Melissa, I'm, I'm gonna get I'm gonna get a little short because my back is gonna bother me and I'm gonna kill my jar. But we don't want that. No, I want to thank you for being on. Really, you're very it. welcome. Thank you for having me. Thank you for being there. So, with that said, Melissa and I want to wish you all survivors around the world a great Friday. Melissa, a great Friday and every day to follow. Yeah, they do. Rock on, rock on. Bye, everybody.